it's, it's a good opportunity at these moments just to sort of look into a new term and to, to launch ourselves into a bit of a fresh uh, season. And uh, I just really felt um, that it would be good to pick up on a, on a new series over these next weeks running, running up to Christmas, um, over the next 10, 10, 12, 10, 11 weeks or so. Um, but before we do that, let me, let me just pray for us. Lord, just want to thank you this morning for just a wonderful sense of being the family of God. Just, Lord, just love in my heart, Lord, that sense of you being that father over us and speaking to us. And, Lord, just that wonderful sense in your heart of you gathering. Lord, you gather us to yourself. And Lord, we, we know there are things that you want to speak to us, there, there are things you want to share. Lord, there are, it's your heart that we get gathered to, but Lord, the amazing thing is that your heart then begins to transform us. Your heart transforms our life, and, and we take that heart into the world in which you've placed us. So we pray this morning that as we just begin to understand the world in which we live, and how that would want to shape us. And yet, Lord, your heart, Lord, we, we want to pray, would you shape us? Would your heart, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you again. Say, come and shape us into your likeness, that we might be more like you, that we might be blessed, but also that we might be a blessing. Because we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So we're going to launch this new series this morning. I, hopefully, um, Glenn will be able to just put one or two panels up as we go through, through the, this morning. Um, but we're going to pick this phrase, values that shape us. Okay? Values that shape us. And, and I'll explain about some of these things in a bit. That's the, 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 the phrase we're going to use. Whether we realize it or not, we all have values. And they... They shape who we are and uh, what we do. It's true for us personally, and it's true for us corporately as a church. There are ways that we do things. There are things that we automatically do, but they're they're not mistakes. They're, they're, They're values that shape why we do what we do. Now, there's also, as part of this, there's a subject that I am personally fascinated by. I love to learn about um, and dig into, and maybe another day we'll talk about it in more detail, but it's the subject of worldview. Who's ever heard of worldview? Some of you will have done. You see, whether we realize it or not, again, all of us have a worldview. This is how I always describe it. If I like, it's like a pair of lenses, a pair of glasses that we see the world through. All of us We see the world through a set of lenses. And actually, we interpret the world. How we think about the world, how it works, is through these lenses that we wear. Now, the thing is, we tend to think that the whole of the world sees like we do. But they don't. They don't. Many cultures all over the world see things very differently. They look at the world very differently than the way that we do. And they are not all wrong. And you and I are not all right. 
although we like to think we are. Our values play a very big part of our worldview. See, our values are all about how we judge what is important and what's not. Can I just say that again? Our values are all about how we judge what is important and what is not. So our values influence our decision-making process. What we invest our time in. What we spend our money on. How we bring up our children. Issues of family and community. Many, many other areas. They're actually all infected, influenced by our values. The way we look at the world and think about the world. What is important, what's not important, what ought to be done, what ought not to be done. Are affected by our values, and they're part of the worldview, the way that we look at the world. Now, these values can be passed down to us, passed down by our parents or those with significant influence in our formative years. So, our teachers, maybe perhaps people in government, media, celebrities, and so on, we are informed in all sorts of ways, whether we realize it or not. But certainly in our formative years, in our younger years, those, there are values that are shaping us and how we think. They're often built into our culture, and they often have a significant impact on how we think, how we speak, and particularly what we do. Just give you two simple examples. These are, these are just two examples of a very big subject. This is a very big subject. But firstly, from, from my own life. So my parents were born at the beginning, or just during at the beginning of the Second World War. Both of my parents. My dad, 1939. My mum, 1940. My dad in Gloucester. My mum here in Sandown, as many of you know. Um, But both of the wars, the First World War and the Second World War, had a deep impact on the the psyche of the nation and of the whole of Europe, of course, and the rest of the world. But it had a deep impact on people's thinking and indeed on their values. So my mum and dad grew up, of course, were born into and grew up in a certain set of values, ways of thinking, ways of living. I was born in 1964. Oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) 20 years after the end of the war. But of course, many of those wartime values and mentality were still very much part of family life and thinking. Now, it will have been different things for different ones of us. Some of you will have been influenced by that. Others of you will have been influenced by things later in the 70s, or the 80s, and so on uh, and so forth. Different things will have impacted us. But for me, I was brought up in this culture, and some of you will instantly be able to finish this phrase. Waste not. There you go. Do you hear how fast that response came? That's the culture I was brought up in, in my house, very much. Waste not, want not, and particularly in regards to food. So basically, you ate whatever was put in front of you, and you liked it. (laughs) And you were thankful for it. And you would not leave an empty plate. 
which is a bit tricky if you are a young boy and you don't quite like some of the things that are being put in front of you, like gooseberries or liver or prunes. Who remembers prunes? (laughs) Or kippers. Okay, here we go, here we go. So much so, the value was so strong that if it was not cleared off the plate, it was possible that it might appear next day again. Although my dad, my mum's not alive to be able to counteract this, but my dad swears blind that was never the case. I tell him differently. But you see, what's amazing is that these values stick with us. And they influence our thinking and behaviour Whether we realize it or not, we are influenced by so many of these values. So take another 23 years further on to my first daughter being born in 1987. And it's not long before I am beginning to really struggle and find it a real challenge because she won't eat all her food. Jackie was brought up in a slightly different uh, background and slightly different values. Other things were significant. But Jackie would say things like, it's okay, she's had enough. Or leave it, she doesn't want it. Or she doesn't like it. And inside, I had a massive internal turmoil. I didn't know that it was based on this value at the time. I didn't realize. But I was getting really cross. What's that got to do with it? It's perfectly decent. It's on her plate. And don't you know about all the little boys and girls you've heard the phrase? (laughs) She should eat it and she should like it. And there needs to be an empty place, an empty plate. We had to work that one through. Jackie won. (laughs) But it's funny, you know, even now, we. wonderfully inherited this garden that we're, as some of you know, that we're renting and it's producing stuff, just food coming out of everywhere and stuff happening. And I'm, even this last few weeks, I've been really struggling because we can't handle the amount that's coming out of the garden and stuff is dropping and it's rotting. And even now, internally, there is this weird tension Jack, and Jackie will, like, you know, well, you know, go on the compost heap, we'll throw it away. Now, I can see it's pressing buttons in some of you, and I'm struggling with it, and it's to do with a value that was, I was brought up in and a way of thinking. Second example is perhaps quite different. Um, this is a few years back, uh, back at, our, at the previous church in Swindon where we were. Now, what we were doing there was we were inviting a number of, of couples uh, to come on to some leadership training, some leadership equipping, uh, a series of meetings, and uh, we went around and invited a number of couples. And there was one little group of couples who were really excited. They were very appreciative. They said, thank you so much. We Thank you so much for inviting us. We really appreciate that. But they never came. They never turned up. We thought, this is odd. Why is this? Thankfully, we were a good enough leadership team that we did actually go and try and find out why. thing is, this particular group, a couple of couples, were from a different culture. They were from an Asian background in this particular case, but it could have been African. The principles probably would have just as easily applied. Everything they did was as a family. Family was a high, high value. There is no way that you would go anywhere 
outside of the family. You were family. Your children would go with you wherever they went. You wouldn't leave your children at home with a stranger. You were family. You did things together as a family. But they realized that our culture, our value system was, was different. Children wouldn't be expected to come to that kind of meeting. They understood that our worldview was different, so they didn't come. They didn't come. Now those people are a vital part of the community of Christ, of God's community. So we needed to sit down and talk together. We needed to learn about each other's values. We needed to learn about the worldview of which we were looking at and how could we work together so that the kingdom of God might be seen in all of its multicolored, multifaceted glory. We're going to talk some more about that uh, in weeks to come. So there are many different values that shape us. Some are good. Some are not so good. Some are very bad. And even, I just want to say in regards to worldview, I just feel prompted to say this, that even in this church here, there will be different worldviews. There will be different backgrounds, cultures, societies, situations that different ones of you have come from. I would encourage you to remember that when you don't find yourself immediately getting on with someone. Or you find a disconnect you think, they don't seem to be very friendly or I don't seem to, uh, to get on with them. I'd encourage you, stop and think about, are they seeing the world differently? Am I seeing the world differently? It's important for us to remember. So there are many different values that shape us. Some are good, some not so good, some very bad in the world. A Christian, a Christ one, a Christ follower is someone who is different. A Christian is different. They have a different set of values, worldview even. We've been given a new set of lenses through which to see the world. We've had that coming right the way through the worship. Thank you, Joel, the the thread that you picked up there. But there is a new value, a new lens that we have been given, which is the lens of love. The lens of the love of God. It's the lens of the heart of God. To see with the eyes of Christ. See, I'm a new creation. I'm living under new rule, under new government. I have a new worldview. I have a new lens through which I now uh, see the world. I'm under the reign and the rule of my creator, God, and his kingdom. The life I now live is counter-cultural. And so there, there will be clashes. There will be distinctives and differences. You, there is a different value to what I'm now living. There's a way of living. It's not the same as everyone else. However, we are under incredible pressure to conform to the world around us. We're under incredible pressure to conform to the world around us. We are living in a value system that is quite literally pressing in on us on every side. Especially in the day in which we live right now, the day of media and particularly social media. The information that is bombarding us 
continuously that is available to us. The influence, the attitude, the approach, the values are pressing in on us on every area of our lives. Our values are being challenged. Our speech, our thinking, our actions, every single area. Now, a key text in this, phew, somebody's saying he's going to open the Bible. Okay, that's a high, high value. We'll come back to that as well. But a key text in this is Romans chapter 12. Very, very well-known verses. Let's read, firstly from the NIV, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Here's the key verse, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Just stop there for a second. Okay, very famous verses. Submitting ourselves to a different set of values that will shape us, or as the NIV's translation of that, transform by the renewing of our minds. Because our values are based on our thinking. Our thinking affects uh, what we do. Okay, and there's a transformation of the work of God. Now, years ago, when I was uh, somewhat younger, there was a Bible translation that was quoted particularly on this verse. I don't know if you remember, remember it. Anybody remember J.B. Phillips? There was a version, great, similar in some ways to the message, which I'll quote in a moment. But J.B. Phillips had a great translation of Romans 12, verse 2, that many of us uh, grew up with, which was this one. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, but let God remold your minds from within. See, we live in a world where there are many, many values And it's squeezing us into its mold. It's causing us to take on certain ways. So just more recently, the message version. Many of us be familiar. I love the way Joel's been reading some pieces out of the message just recently. Verse 2. Don't become so well acquainted, so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God's. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Okay? So, So there it is. Being transformed, not squeezed not drifting, but being aware. The work of God working in us. So as the, the message puts it, we need to be very careful that we don't become so well adjusted to our culture that we fit into it without even thinking. That it shapes who and what we are. Instead, first and foremost, we come to the Bible. We come to the Bible And we submit to it, and we submit to the Word of God. We hold up the Bible as our highest authority. This is the place that we find 
our values. This is what shapes our thinking. It must be our guide and our authority pulling us back each time from those other values that would want to shape us. Now we're going to come back to that in a couple of weeks' time and think about what that means and how that works. But that's the highest priority. So, as a family of churches, there are things that we believe God has spoken to us about. Because of that, they become, if you like, values. They become drivers, things that that shape us. They affect the way that we think and the way that we act. So, what I want to do over the... um, Next 10 weeks, as it were, is to look at some of those. But I want to highlight to you, it's things that we feel have come from God. You see, as believers, as churches, as families of churches, we have values. They shape us, how we build, how we reach out, what we give ourselves to. And there will be similarities amongst us, but there will be differences More so in degree. I'm not talking about whether we're more liberal or more conservative, small c. But I'm talking about the emphasis that God is laying on your heart. And for different ones of us, even in this room, there will be things that God has spoken to us about. Certainly as a church, there will be a distinctive about us that might be different to another church down the road. As a family of churches, there will be distinctives. But they're from God. That's the important thing. They've come from God. They're based in the Bible. And for any reason that we are tempted to drift into our own thinking, the Bible must be our guide. It must be our authority. That's the thing that must keep pulling us back. So I want to look at some values that, as a family of churches that we're part of, uh, we've been looking at, and some of the, those who are fathers and, and mothers amongst us have been working their way through. Um, and in fact, what they've done is they've actually... Um, produce them into a little booklet, and we're going to work our way through these over the next weeks. What I'd like at the end, um, Angie, just to say, there's a big pile of, uh, it, there's a plastic bag full of books just behind the pillar here, and after, after the meeting, if you can stick them all on the chair there, that would be brilliant. Please take one, please take one for others, um, and give them to others. Um, but what I want to do is just to read some comments at the beginning, I think you saw a picture of Steve Oliver that came up there. Steve is a father, very much in this family of churches. And he's written something at the beginning of this book that I think just helps to shape our thinking. It starts off with a phrase from the Apostle Paul where he says, I'm sending you Timothy, he knows my ways in Christ. I just want to stop there for a second. Paul, even the Apostle Paul, he says, I'm sending you Timothy, he knows my ways. If you like, we could easily change that and say, he carries my values. There are values that I have, there are distinctives. So when you get Timothy, you get these values that I believe God has spoken to me about. There's things about what God has said that you'll find in Timothy. And uh, as someone who's known uh, this dear brother here, Steve, for... I don't know how long I've known him now, 13, 14 years. The reality is, when you get me, you get some of the values that God has spoken to him about. That's that's the reality, because um, he's had an influence, but it's it's the work of God in that. Okay, So it's not wrong that we influence one another, but we need to keep coming to Scripture. We need to keep coming to the Word. That's what is important. Let me just read some phrases here. He said, recently... I had the privilege of visiting the small, insignificant southern African village 
where Regions Beyond, which is the family we're part of, was born into my heart. The simplicity of the environment speaks much of what we've become as a worldwide movement of churches. Our story has many threads, which God has been weaving into a passion-filled apostolic people group. But my thread started with the conversion of a single impoverished village headman. The impact of Yapila Samisi's dramatic conversion spread through the surrounding valleys. And it resulted in my wife Heather and our three boys and me relocating to a farm in Clarens in the eastern free state of southern Africa to plant a church. Over 13 years, God blessed the humble birth of Dickleben Church, which grew to become an effective, diverse community with a passion for God and a heart for the poor and a calling to the ends of the earth. With the wide impact of this glorious church, God began to join our hearts with many wonderful friends across the nations. And I I guess I was one of those in the early days. I knew Steve before he was famous, that's my phrase. But I went to that church in the early days in a very rural, rough, rustic farming community. And to see uh, the work of God there was amazing. I came back and I said to Jackie, I've seen a real one. She said, what are you on about? I said, I've seen one, I've met one, a real one. She said, I have no idea what you're... I said, an apostle. I've, I've met an apostle. He doesn't call himself it, but that's what he's doing. And, uh, and I saw it there all those years ago. Then a surprising call to Dubai, UAE in 2010, led to a further development and expansion of our growing group of churches, which we finally named Regions Beyond. A name inspired by Paul's desire for the gospel to spread further and wider. You find the phrase, 2 Corinthians 10, 16, Paul talks about regions beyond. As God handpicked substantial people gifts, we started to identify and live out some distinctives, there they are, that we had, <clears throat> that have made us what we are. Like Paul, we hope these values will be carried across the nations, not in a document by individuals who passionately, but by individuals who passionately put them on display by the way that they live. I want you to hear that. The way that they live and lead, their, fulfill, uh, and lead and fulfill their calling in Christ. Okay, that, that's what will happen as you take on certain values, as you believe certain things, they will affect how you live. We carry many wonderful God-given promises, but our greatest desire is to be Christ-focused and fully obedient to all he asks of us. Thank you to each and every one of you who's joined us in this exciting adventure. I hope that these 11 values will ignite passion in you to do amazing exploits for his glory through his grace. Yours to count on, Steve Oliver. There there is just an introduction uh, to to what I'm wanting to, to say. As you can see, even the name that we've given ourselves, as as it were, as a family of churches, Regions Beyond, has a value and a distinctive about it. It's coming from 2 Corinthians 10, where Paul says that I'm to be preaching the, the gospel in Regions Beyond. That's actually what Paul's saying. There are more to go to, and we hear that. But what I want to highlight, as I just have done, is that he said, we hope that these values will be carried across the nations, not in a document. Feel free to take the booklet, have it there as a reminder, but that we will put them passionately on display in our lives, the way that we live. And there's another little introductory note 
where he goes on and he says this. He says, values are best displayed and seen and modelled through people. They're not just a list in a booklet. So when someone comes into our church, when someone comes into any regions beyond church in that sense, my heart is, our heart is, that they will find an expression of those values on display. Not just as a list on the board. We might have them as a list on the board, but actually they will mean nothing unless they are affecting our life and our witness. That's what's important. A list gives helpful definition. It gives us a reference point. But what we long for is that, as Steve says, these values will help us put our glorious saviour, Jesus Christ, fully on display. That's what we want, our glorious saviour, to be fully on display. I'm just going to quickly uh, whip through these and then we will pick up on them over the years. I'm not going to unpack them in any way. Please take the booklet. But here's, here's one's that are so important and I love the fact that this is the first in this list. Faithful to Scripture. We're committed to the faithful preaching and teaching of Scripture as our first and final authority. Here's another one. Thrilled and motivated by grace. We're saved by grace, sustained by grace and will be glorified because of grace. This truth gives us great cause for rejoicing and impacts our relationships with one another around the world. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, we believe in the vitality of every member being filled with the Holy Spirit and the importance of using God-given gifts to build the church and impact communities. Here's one of Steve's that I've learned, this one over many years. There for one another's success. We desire friendship locally and internationally in our worldwide mission Take responsibility for doing all that we can to enjoy and uh, ensure each other's success through practical relationships. This is one of my favourite ones, and I'm looking forward to speaking on this one. Intentional about diversity. We work hard to break down every division and bring together those who are separated by age ethnicity, language, culture, economic status, class, education, and gender. In this way, we display God's new humanity in Christ. Embracing the poor. I believe God has got much more to speak to us about this. We seek to continue the apostolic directive to remember the poor so that we all participate as co-equal partners in world mission. And speaking of mission, devoted to mission. Passionate about fulfilling our call to see the kingdom of God extended locally and internationally. Committed to taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Motivated by the desire for Jesus to have worshippers from every people group and for God to receive the glory. Enthusiastically servant-hearted. We're called to be servants who die to ourselves for the benefit of others. It's our longing to see this fully modelled in every aspect of life. Humbly led by gifted leadership teams, we recognise God appoints elders and other leaders who serve the local church. They gladly partner with apostolic teams to help bring the church to maturity in her worldwide mission. Celebrating the centrality of the local church. I just love how God has led us this morning. Just that sense of being church together this morning. 
We have a high view of church because it's central to God's eternal purpose. This is expressed in each member's devotion to prayer, worship and service in their local church. And then lastly, here's one that we're going to pick up on next week with our visiting speaker, shaped by the prophetic. We have been shaped by this gift and believe that prophetic input is crucial in providing ongoing direction and encouragement to us as churches and as a movement. So those are things that we're going to look at and just remind ourselves about it. Many good, precious things that we already uh, have got hold of and understand. There may be, uh, and they're shaping us already. There may be one or two things there that we need to dig into some more, understand God's heart, what God has said, and allow them to shape us as we push forward in the purposes that God has for us in the days ahead. So I'm looking forward to us going through these together. As I say, very much looking forward to having Rodney uh, Hager from uh, Jubilee Church Worthing with us next week. Uh, Rodney very much shares and teaches a lot on the subject of prophecy amongst our family of churches. He's doing that more and more. And he's going to speak on what it means for us as individuals, but also as a church, to be shaped by the prophetic. It's a very significant subject So I want to ask you, can you be praying about next Sunday already? See, we value the prophetic, um, the the prophetic word. We value the word of God highest, but we know that God speaks today and he steers us. And I'd love love Rodney to bring some things that will help us and and speak into us. And I've asked him to, to do that. We need to pray for him. But I was reminded of Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 10, where he says this, Whoever welcomes a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And I believe Rodney's someone with a track record. He's someone that we trust and know and love. He has experience. And so we want to receive him as such, and I believe we'll have a reward as we receive him well. There's one last thing I just want to share before, before we finish. But just before I do that, I want us to consider something, because it's a bit of a general uh, message this morning. It's a bit of a catch-all, but I just want to bring something specific to you for a moment. As we go out into this this coming week, and as we go out into this term, and I've encouraged life group leaders, if they want to, to, to pick up on this area as well. What values have you been influenced by? What values have you been influenced by? What effect... Have they had, do they still have on your life today? Do you even recognize them for what they are? Are they from God? Do they display his heart? Just give you one tiny example that I felt God strongly reminded me of. When I was a child in the 60s and 70s, growing up in a very white middle class Winchester in Hampshire, there were certain words that would have been everyday part of everyday life, particularly referring to people of other cultures and other colours. It was part of our everyday language, words that I'm not even willing to use as examples today. But back then, they were normal. They were absolutely part of our life. We wouldn't even have recognized that there was an issue, and we certainly wouldn't have been consciously aware of a racist and a superior value that was completely shaping our thinking and our speech. 
and our actions. Now, I thank God he arrested me in that thinking, that value that I was born into. Over the years, some of my best and closest friends have actually been from other nations. What values is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? Some of them will be good. You need to push into them. Others of them will be things where you say, Lord, I need you to change me in that. Now, just as we finish, another of the values that we have that is very much threaded through uh, all that we've been saying is that in the heart of God is about being family and about being community. If I had time, I would go further into the life of the church together, but I'd feel to pick that up another week. But just like family, we have to keep working at it, don't we? We have to keep meeting together. So thank you to all those who've joined up to life groups. Just to encourage you, it's almost 80% of the church, I think, of saying they're connected to at least one of the life groups. So that's wonderful. That's really, really good. If you're not part of one, do uh, come and speak to me. But getting together, meeting up with one another, building each other and encouraging each other is a really important part. And a part of family life, of course is making plans to get together, to celebrate, to catch up, to spend time, relax together, and so on. And from a Christian perspective, of course, to learn from each other. Now, one of those special events that I just want to highlight to you and mention, I felt it was important, is an event called Fusion. It's held every year um, over the second bank holiday weekend in May. And I know that there was a good crowd that went from here last time, and I'd love as many of us as possible um, who can to be able to get there together, and, and we want to make it possible for as many of you as you can. So I just want to show, it's a quick two-minute video from Steve, just hear what his heart, and then I'll just 2018. I can't believe that I'm already saying those words, but in May next year, we will gather from right across the UK, and hopefully many international guests, for our next UK-based conference. Time we met together in Norwich, God shaped us and changed us, surprised us, overwhelmed us. What has He got in store next year? So I hope already you have the dates in your diary and that you've set time aside to join us because I'm sure God's going to get hold of us and shape us for all He's got. Already I can sense that things are moving on and gathering momentum. So come and join us, Fusion 2018.
Wonderful. Did anybody spot themselves there? <laughs> Just to say, there's a poster that's been created of, of children, and um, Isabel was right in the middle of the picture. Although I noticed that they've put the date across, so I'm not sure. I, but I know it's Isabel. But anyway, <laughs> um, there are things that shape us. Now, this is the primary thing, okay? But there are things that we go towards that they would have good influence on us, that would shape us. Friends, we know what it is to put ourselves alongside people who are good influences. We also know what it is sometimes to remove ourselves from places that are not such good influences. And this is all part of that. So uh, it's a bit of a, bit of a family morning this morning of information, but just wanting to lay out the stall really for, for this term. So May 26th to 29th, as many of us as possible to be there, I'd love that to happen. Great opportunity, particularly, I feel, for us to be church together. But also we can meet up with people like um, Richie and Rayner will be there, many others that you know from, from different churches that you will have links with, I'm sure, as well. I just want you to be aware that actually, already as a church, we are very involved. There's a number of us that are actually very involved in the planning and the running of this event and have been for some weeks, if not months already, and will be. So I just want to mention, so Mick and Pat, how many of you know Mick and Pat? Stand up for a minute, these guys here. There they are. They, um, sit down again. They, they're a great part. You'll know that they moved here and are very much part of the church here now. But Pat is right in the thick of the finance of all of that um, and the administration of it and will be right through that weekend. Uh, Mick is Mr. Safety and Security, so he keeps us safe and secure um, and risk manages every risk and sorts out every fire. <laughs> or not. Um, I don't know how I got involved in this. I really don't. It's, anyway, but for some reason, one of my jobs is that I make sure happens. I don't really do anything, but I make sure that all the first aid and all the medical uh, support happens, which actually means that I've got Susan involved in the first aid. She's overseeing that. And wonderfully now, um, one of our resident doctors, Petrina, has said she's willing to help oversee all the medical side of things. So, so we're, we really are involved as a church, okay, already. We're going up to London for meetings and all sorts of things. So we'd love your prayers for that. Um, I'm also working with the team to make sure that the signing, you saw some signing for the deaf. So I'm, I'm coordinating that. And uh, I'm also involved in uh, coordinating all the prayer support. So when we, when we come to the meetings and we pray for one another and lay hands on one another, um, I, I get to look after that and oversee that. So I would love numbers of you here from the church to be helping me to pray for people. It's exciting to be able to pray for people as they respond to the purposes of God. Let me, let me just um, finish. There is a website. Don't worry today. I think we're... Oh, just throw it. Throw the website out. I'm not going to go through it. Um, Pat and I had some glitches, and I don't know if mine are sorted out yet, but everybody else said it's fine. So, and, uh, and there it is, and it's 2018. It's, a, it's full of, stack full of information. The couple of things I just want to draw your attention to is that they're at the first price break is December 15th, okay? Now, it may be some of you saying, I don't do camping. Come and talk to us, because there's lots of other ways. There are caravans you can hire and borrow. You can do... Sorry? Premier Inn, yeah, Airbnb. I mean, Airbnb is all the rage now. So, um, you know, there are lots of other ways that you can get there. I don't want money to be the thing that stops you. If you're saying, I can't afford it, 
please come and talk to Jill and myself. There are a number of ways that we could look at that. The other thing on there is serving. The reality is that to put on an event like that takes a lot of servers. If you're willing to serve, you will get a discount. All sorts of different levels of discount. So you can, you can serve in all sorts of ways. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm just... The clock's gone ahead of me. But I just want to say this. We are committed to this as a leadership team. We'd love you to be there. So best, we're going to try and invest as much as we can in helping you to be there. So we're going to make a commitment to pay for a really nice marquee, uh, cooking equipment. Warren has said he's willing, with a team, and the team bit is important, to cook. We'll do breakfast, we'll do lunch, and we'll do a main meal. And as a church, we will pay for that. All right, for anyone who's able to come. We recognize there is a real cost involved, but we want to show you our commitment to getting as many of us there. I think it'll be great to be together. I think we'll have a great laugh, great fun. I know that people were transformed. Mimi's mentioned it two or three times to me. It was a significant moment for her of things getting shifting and changing in her life and her thinking, and I'm sure that'll be true for others. So, bit of a different morning, bit of a different uh, shape to what I've brought, but can I just invite you to stand? Can I just remind you of those words from Romans 12? Particularly that that J.B. Phillips, there is a world in which we're living that wants to squeeze us into its mould. Many of us know about that. But we have a God and a Saviour who is for us. And if he is for us, who can be against us? He gave us his son. We celebrated that this morning, didn't we? And he called us into a new family. And he's placed new values. He's placed new glasses, as it were, upon us. A new lens through which to see. A lens of love and grace and mercy and sacrifice. And a heart towards the poor and the lost and the broken. A heart for the ends of the earth. And Father, we just pray today that as we consider those things that influence us and shape us, we, again, we just say as we had that wonderful moment where we just felt your presence resting on us, we say again, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Come and flood us. Come and guide us. Come and direct us. Lord, we give you, we, we pray for the battle in our minds. Lord, where we struggle and we doubt. Lord, we again, we say, come and transform us into your likeness. That our thinking would be your thinking. That our speech, our hands, our feet, our going would be yours, Lord. Would be yours. We thank you for good friends around the world. Pray for, pray for Steve as he meets with the team. Even this week, gathers to equip and to train and to call on leaders who will support and build. Father, we pray. Lord, we pray for our life groups as they meet week by week. Lord, for for our different creative link groups where people are getting linked in and joined in. Lord, where we're learning new things together. We want to be shaped by you, Lord. We want to be shaped by your words. Thank you for one another. Lord, I pray that we might be a blessing and an encouragement to one another. 
We do pray, Lord, for things like this uh, a fusion a camp, Lord, that's being arranged and organized. Lord, it's not just a fun event. It's that we might understand more and more what it is that you've called us to, the purposes and plans that you have for us in the world and in the nations. So, Father, we, we just pray. Pray for us as we meet this week, as we consider those values that shape us. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy towards us. Lord, you, you don't treat us as our sins deserve. You forgive us. You heal us and you bless us and you call us to a better way, to the kingdom way, to God's ways and God's thinking. So we give you our lives, Lord. Lead us in these days, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.